Welcome to the Art of a Messy House podcast, where my house is messier than ever, but I am at my happiest. And the only answer for it is Jesus, where my hope is anchored. Come join me, Jen Kasuda, your host, for faith encouragement, testimonies, and devotionals as I share everyday faith in my real, authentic, not perfect way. There will be stories of humility, kindness, truth, and love as we walk in faith through the everyday relatable moments. As a wife, mom, teacher, and author, I'm learning to embrace this messy but beautiful life while encouraging others to do the same. No matter what stage of faith you are at, you will learn of God's love here and be empowered to walk in your own beautifully distinct purpose right here, right now. So let's step over the clutter together and laugh through the stress, for true beauty is in the art of a messy house. So dear God, please bless this beautifully imperfect mess. Love, Jen. For our first guest, I'm so excited and blessed to have Angela Lawley. She is the founder of Giving Hope's Ministry. She is also a 2007 graduate of Rama Bible Training Center, where she graduated in Help's Ministry. Angela and her husband, Ryan, have been married for 23 years. They own their own business in their hometown of Canton, Texas. She's the mother of two amazing boys, Nicholas and Aiden. Eight years ago, Angela decided to start a home ministry where women from all backgrounds could come and hear the word of God. Her heart is to teach and equip women to fight for their marriages, children, and their God-given place in this world. There in their living room, Giving Hope Ministries was born and is growing day by day. Thank you so much for coming on here. You are our first guest, and I'm super excited because there's been so many Post and just conversations you've been having on social media that I am always engaging with and then thinking about where should we start, what should we talk about. But I think a perfect way is just if you would introduce yourself. Yeah. Okay. My name is Angela Lawley. Um, I'm from Canton, Texas. I am the founder of Giving Hope Ministries. I have been in ministry all my life. I'm a preacher's kid. I'm married to my husband, Ryan, for, well, this end of this month will be our 24th wedding anniversary. So we're college oh, sweethearts. <laughs> yes. We have two boys. One's about to turn 23, which is crazy. And my youngest will be 18 in a couple of weeks. And that's crazy too. I don't like talking about it. But I started uh, Giving Hope Ministries really out of my living room because I felt that there was like a necessity of just camaraderie. I felt like I was just alone <laughs> in my thinking I felt like I was just beating my head up against the wall and no one thought like I did. No one had the worries like I didn't know how the enemy is. Oh, yeah. And I was just like, I need friends. I need women that I can relate to, that I can talk to about my issues of even just my prayer and certain things, you know, being married, raising kids because I homeschool and just all the things above. So I just like, you know, Lord, just show me who to invite, what to do. I am an outgoing person if needed, but truly I'm an introvert. And so, which is people are shocked by hearing, but really I'm fine with a good book on my porch by myself for the rest of my life. That's just who I am. So the Lord just opened the door because we owned a music store and I would normally sit on the front desk and these mamas would come in and I would just strike up conversations. And I found out that I had more in common than I thought with a lot of these ladies. And so I was just like, okay, this is it. So I just started inviting them to my home. It's like, hey, would you like to start coming to my house and doing Bible study? Let's do this. And we started with Elisa Bevere's book, Lioness Arising. 
And it just took off from there. And then the Lord just slowly started showing me. He's like, you don't have to do things exactly how others do it. You do things how I call you to do it. So it could look like anything because God is so creative. He fits things the way you are designed to to fit in his kingdom, not how we think we should be in his kingdom because of what we've seen through external influences, through the church and through media and through everything like that. So I've learned that wherever he wants me to go, he puts me. But I found my voice a lot when it comes to preaching. And so I started a Facebook channel. So I did lives every Sunday morning and Sunday evenings. And then it became whatever the Lord prompted me. And then it rolled into, okay, not a lot of people are on Facebook. Let me just start recording podcasts and so people can listen to it whenever they want to. And it just took off from there. So I just go and do wherever God tells me to go and do whatever no, he tells I me to do. No, I love that. And I think that there's so many things there when you were talking. I was thinking about how there was all these messages that you wanted to get out there and you were like, it led you to yeah. do the podcast. And I relate to that because I started to feel that way. Like I have these overflowing messages. I can't create posts and blogs as quick as like mm -hmm. they are. And what am I supposed to do with it? And you were one of the biggest encouragements to me because I, you know, when I reached out and said, oh, you have a podcast. How did you launch it? What do you use? And that one line you said after telling me all this information was just do it. When the Lord calls you to do something, you know, sitting here questioning it, it's like the Lord already called you to it. He's going to equip you yes. throughout the way. And so you were part of the equipping. And I just, I'm so grateful Yay. for that as well. Praise God. And I think That's that awesome. a lot of people feel that like they're alone in that and the enemy will use mm -hmm. that. And so I just love that you have created a space where people can realize we're not alone. That's just one of the tactics of the enemy. Yes, I felt that so many times where I thought that I was at a point where, oh, look, I have all these people and then something would happen and then the people would leave and I'm like, okay, what's going on? And I'm like, am I the only one? Is it me? Am mm -hmm. I busted? Am I broken? Is, is something wrong with who I am and how I approach things? And the Lord was like, no, this is called seasons. Everybody goes through them. I bring people into your life whenever you need them. Some people stay, some people go. It's okay. They have their journey. You have yours. Sometimes it's tied together. Sometimes it's not. And when I started vocalizing that with the groups and the ladies that I would come to my home or even over coffee or over tea or during brunch or whatever, it was this, yeah, I've experienced that too. And the voice was, I've felt that something was wrong with me, that there was something that was broken inside of me that I would cling to these people. And what we found out is that we turned people into idols mm. in our life. And we were wanting friendship so badly that we were raising these people once they came into our lives as people that we clung to for our identity, for our purpose, for our resource, for help. And then God's like, no, no, no. They come to help cultivate you. You know, the watering and the sowing, right. you know, Paul waters, Apollos sows, God gives the increase. He's like, you have to understand where your increase and where your supply comes from. And so once I started realizing that about myself, I'm like, okay, well, you know, we're all in this together. We all have the same stories. Let's just share the same stories, share the same information because in days where I'm not going to be very vocal, the kingdom of God needs you to be vocal. Some days you're going to be in a season where you're not going to want to be vocal either. You're going to want to draw back and be with your family. And then it, that means that we need to share this information. It's like, okay, this is how you get started. This is how you do it. Keep going, swing that sword 
and fight the good fight. Go, go. Amen. (laughs) Absolutely. And I think that that's like such a great thing, like how we all have distinct, beautiful callings, right? We're not meant to do it all. And so I think that the world Mm -hmm. often pushes that too. It's like, how on earth am I going to get all this done? And it's like, God created us for community. So we can lean on each other for the seasons. And I love that. And the watering and we all have different parts in that. And you mentioned that you were raised in ministry, right? And I I believe that goes into, because we had a brief conversation about this with the movie Jesus Revolution. And I have not seen it, but I was trying to figure out, I'm hoping it'll be available on TV just with having younger kids right now and the baby, hopefully sooner than later so I can watch it. But I was really encouraged by that because I think that sometimes... I don't even know the full story. I know where it started from, but I know your parents had their testimony is part of this, correct? That's incredible. Yes. Would you share that some is. of Oh, yeah. Uh, people are always amazed by it. You know, I am too. Because I look at my parents, I'm like, wow, y'all have been through so much. So I'm biracial. For those of you who don't know, my dad is black and my mom's white. Keep it simple. We don't do any of the extra names. And in the 70s, like the Jesus movement started a late sixties during Woodstock in California. You know, there was all these hippies. My mom was a hippie, but she was a later generation hippie. And uh, my dad was incarcerated in the state of Texas. He's from Alabama, but he was incarcerated in the state of Texas. And then he, he was sentenced to three years and he got out and he was a part of a men's ministry that was like a rehab facility that helps men rehabilitate and get it on their feet called the Jericho home in Dallas, Texas. And so the Jesus movement, like the first generation Jesus movement, men and women, um, now they're a couple years older now. They're not young hippies. Now they're actual ministers, but they're the Greg Laurie's like Mm, this movie is about. They were all coming through Dallas and the revival was still going strong. Even in, I guess this was 76 And so they show up and there was this place in Dallas, Texas called the Bronco Bowl. It was a big event arena, had bowling, and then they had a venue where concerts and stuff like that happened. And all these men and women came to the Bronco Bowl. And my mom, who was going to Texas Women's University at the time, she was a sophomore in college, and my dad, who was with his men's group out of prison, were at the Bronco Bowl at the same time. And my mom saw my dad and she's middle-class America. Like she grew up just like not to be, I'm just going to be who I am. The whitest of white, just very Americana, middle America. My grandparents played bridge. They ballroom danced. My grandfather was a member of the Elks club and my dad is out of prison. You know, I'm like, (laughs) like, this is my parents. And so they're at this event and they both get just radically saved. Both of my parents grew up in um, the Methodist denomination. My dad was the um, AME, the African Methodist, like Episcopalian, they were Methodist, but the African branch. And my mom was first United Methodist of downtown Dallas, like the big cathedral type. They both grew up Methodist, but they never had that relationship with the Lord. So when they got there and they saw this Jesus, like they've never saw before, they were both just radically saved. And my mom looked like the third night, it was like a five or six night revival. And she looked over, saw my dad, jump the arena seats, landed next to my dad. And he was like, oh my gosh, who's this girl? She's going to get me in trouble. This is not good. I need to stay away from her. 
But she kept talking to them, and they kept talking about, you know, God and how God's changed their hearts and their lives, and they just immediately oh, fell that. in love and got married about a year later and had me nine months later. And <laughs> there's a whole bunch more reconciliation because my dad had just a very rough past, and he has like four other children else before I was born. But my parents have been married for, it will be 46 years this August. So they've just been going strong ever since then. My dad eventually went to Christ for the Nations in Dallas. And we just hit the ground running in ministry and eventually went to Atlanta, Georgia, where he became a chaplain in the women's prison in Atlanta, Georgia, and started a choir and just had this fruitful ministry that they never had. They didn't have it there at the women's correctional facility in Atlanta. And my dad started a choir that's still that's going today. I plan on writing a book about my parents and their journey throughout the years because it's crazy. It's an amazing story. I mean, they just be listening movie. to the five minutes of you telling that part of it sounds like a movie. And that's so, so in watching the movie, yeah. did you watch it with them? Like, did they watch it? No, we're going to watch it together. Actually, with everything, like we are, our schedules are so crazy. We have not yeah. had time to go to the movies like at all. So we're going to wait like you and wait until it like comes to yeah. play like stream or something like that. And we're going to make it a family event. But both of my parents, when they found out that they had made a movie about the Jesus movement, my mom just started tearing mm -hmm. up because she saw the clips on Facebook and she was just like, I can't believe this story is being told mm -hmm. because so many people have forgotten like we got contemporary Christian music out of it. Like all these guys who were all these rock metalheads, hippies that were into Led Zeppelin and all this stuff came over to the Christian industry and started contemporary Christian music like Keith Green and uh, so many uh, Maranatha music That's and incredible. stuff like that. So. I actually didn't even know much about it, except that somebody in my church life group that I lead much like what you said about I actually was looking for a community of other moms in my church and there was no small group for that and so I had approached them like is there anything that's online for moms like of young children and they said actually there's only for the pastor's wives but can you start one and so in doing that now there's 14 of us it's been a year and there's 14 of us and one of the girls mentioned the movie and how her testimony in it too and so then i started to like you know look into it and then when after i talked to you and saw a couple of your posts i i started to research it a little bit more and i because i didn't know much about it you know i grew up catholic and so i didn't know about it or taught no that's incredible i right. love hearing testimonies praise god for that what he's doing all the time and it's so amazing and just even thinking about that and thinking about You've also shared about Revival and Asbury and just what's happening. And I actually saw, was it yesterday you shared something? Now it's in 21. That's Different amazing. Colleges. Yes. Two of the main colleges here in Texas, Baylor University and Texas A&M University, both have started their Revival there wow. on the campus. So for the most part, they have become very, very liberal, especially University of Texas. And to see these children, I call them children. Ryan's like, they're young adults. I'm like, they're children. <laughs> they're the same <laughs> age as our children. They're children. So they're just gathering on the lawns of these schools and they're gathering around just the flagpoles and they're just kneeling and worshiping and crying and praying for each other. It's just so powerful. That's amazing. So beautiful. It really is amazing. It's great to see things like that in the news. I don't even watch the news. Probably should watch it more. But, you know, just to see things like this because... I don't know. My, my heart is really burdened for the younger generation. And that's 
something I know that you share as well and just encouraging mm-hmm. them and just in any way that they can find Jesus and find this hope that, because I think yeah. often, you know, we consider them the next generation, but they really are the now generation. Like they can mm-hmm. make such a difference right now. My oldest for is sure. going to be nine and my church has prayer night on Wednesdays. And so there's like ministry for the kids as well. And we stepped away for a little while because of life and having a baby and all that. But last week we went back and he's usually the one that goes right into like anywhere. You can be at a place he doesn't know anybody and he is finding a friend and making a friend. But for whatever reason, he wouldn't go into the class. So I just let him stay with me. He went into the bathroom at one point and he came out and was like, there was a kid a little older than me and he was really nice. And now I think I'm ready to go in my class. It was like one of those moments where it's like these kids of all ages. I mean, I call them kids too, as a teacher, you know, Yes. but they really (laughs) can make such a difference right now. And so the fact that they are leaning in and they are like calling out and repenting and just like being revived in the Holy Spirit is just amazing. Yes, it's so beautiful to see. I got on live on Facebook. I think I mentioned that to you. And I just admonished all the adults. I'm like, listen, I know how it is to sit and and cry out for my kids because there's sometimes my youngest is so analytical and he's just like, but if this is really God, then why is this? And if this is true, then why is this? And we have this constant tug of war with him. And all I could think of is like, if my 18 year old, cause I know how he is, if my 18 year old was down at the front kneeling and singing Bethel or whatever Hillsong, because so many people are upset cause they're singing Bethel and Hillsong songs. And it's just ridiculous splitting hairs. I would be just completely broken as a mom. Like I would just be just like, thank you, Jesus. Mm-hmm. I would know it was Jesus. And I can imagine all these mamas who are in the same position. They're watching their children who they know. They know their kid. They know their kid isn't a Jesus kid. They're not youth camp goers on fire, do the jig at, you know, whatever, because they're so excited because they're on the camp high. They know their kid is genuinely maybe borderline agnostic and to see them kneeling at the foot of Jesus crying and worshiping, even if it's just worship, how awesome that would be as a mom or a dad to see your child go through that. And then to go on social media and hear these people spew their religiosity and say, Oh, it's not genuine. Oh, if they just would do this at X, Y, Z, I don't know. Let's test the spirit. And, I'm like, you guys, we yeah. have to be very careful. Just pray for them. Yeah, you no, know? absolutely. Who are we to judge the relationship someone has with the Lord? We don't know what's going on. You know, there's enough exactly. critics in this world. I have a friend who used yes. to say to me all the time, a couple of years back, we would have lunch together before she retired. And she um, she would always say, we were trying to figure out why people were doing things like that, where it's like, why? Why are we not celebrating this, right? And then she got to a point where she was like, you know what? I think we waste so much time trying to figure people out. Like you said, pray for them because it's distracting us from kingdom things. These are the things that are going to keep people away. And I don't want to be that person that has that on my heart, keeping someone away from Christ because of my judgment or whatever it is. So Mm -hmm, exactly. I mean, thinking about college and just in my life, where I was at that state, I wish I was doing something like that, you know? Yes, me too. Even though I grew up in a Christian home, on fire parents, prayer warriors, you know, hardcore loves Jesus with all their heart. I had a big rough patch in my teens into college and God had to snatch me up. I mean, literally just snatch me up probably at the age of 18, 19 years old. 
So I know even for myself, if I was kneeling, crying at the feet of Jesus and worshiping and actually would even attend something like that, because I was getting callous towards the church Mm. because I had seen people fake it, you know, and act this way and then treat people like garbage outside the church and raise their hands on Sunday mornings and then be ugly to their kids and to each other. So my heart was starting to get calloused at that time. So if I had that experience, which I ended up doing with my husband and I, we ended up joining a church that was on fire and they had a huge youth revival in East Texas and it was amazing. Kids were getting saved, healed, went into the mission field. Many of them are still serving to the Lord to this day. And and I got to experience that and it changed my life forever. And even for my parents, I always think of my parents, like my dad being fresh out of prison and going to this revival, if someone would have looked at him and said, oh, he's not genuine. Look, he's just some guy who's fresh out of prison. Like he's really genuine. He's just doing that to, you know, get a better sentence or whatever, you know, like I can't imagine someone saying that to my dad or being that vocal about even my mom, you know, the hippie girl or something like that and said, thank you, Jesus. Many adults came around them and were like, praise God, hallelujah. One older lady who was way gone since now, because she was in her 80s and the 70s, came up to my dad and handed him $300 and said, you're going to Christ for the nations. You're going to be a minister. Wow. And she, I mean, in 1976, she gave him $300. And you know, for an 80-year-old woman, that was probably everything for her. And that's what Mm -hmm. we need. We need this generation to say, hey, I see you. And I'm going to be the one that will keep the enemy at bay to make sure that you develop into exactly who God is calling you to be. Holy Spirit chills, I call them. (laughs) I just got chills. No, it's so true. Because I think that sometimes we think of like in my own life, I'm like, when talking about purpose and living on purpose and living on mission, we really are all on mission, right? And so it's a matter of what kinds of seeds we're planting, right? And I even talk about that with my middle Mm -hmm. school students when I'm teaching. I took the year off for maternity, but it's like, what do you want to be remembered for? Do you want to be the one that's planting these seeds of doubt and whatever it is? Or do you want to be Mm -hmm. planting the seeds and showing people and pulling the best out of people? And really we have the choice and everything. And I think sometimes it's like, this is the lies I had been believing. Like you can't make a difference if you are not writing a book or having a bestseller and things like that. And it's like these little things in life, like that woman giving Who knows? I mean, $300 at that time and telling your dad and just planting that seed and what that grew into is just incredible. Those are the way that Mm -hmm. we make kingdom like a difference for the kingdom. Yes. And it changes your aspect and your perspective um, towards your own children. It gives Mm. you hope when you see other parents who have been praying and praying and praying for their kids and their salvation and they're seeing the fruit and it could be 10, 15 years later after they saw this kind of damage happen to their kid and they see their kids kind of veering off in the wrong direction, but then course correct and they're going in this right direction. I mean, just that perspective of now I'm watching this mama who's like, look at my baby. Look, look, God is so good. He's so faithful. And then I look at my own situation. I'm like, okay, Lord, thank you for that confirmation for me to keep going, Mm. for me to keep praying because she's getting the reward of her fervent prayers. I know you're just as faithful to me as you are to her. So I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep just entering in. It might take 10 years. It might take 20 years. For my dad, he was 30 years old. You know, whenever he went through all this stuff, it was between the age of 26 to 30. I was born when he was 31. And so 
having this experience at a, such a later time, I can imagine my own grandparents who were Christians who loved the Lord praying for him and, ha- and having to watch their, their oldest son go through all this stuff and just keep fervently praying and fervently praying and fervently praying for, for him to come home and for this movement to just happen to come at this time for this, that generation is, you know, we can't limit God just because of what we're experiencing or what we see, or we think that that generation's so far gone, you know, that they're, look, drugs are just over-sexualization. I mean, the kids of the 60s were extremely over-sexualized. <laughs> they were extremely hooked on drugs. They were extremely broken and torn because they just experienced World War II. Their parents were World War II people. So God's limitless. We can't limit God just because we have a broken perspective. We have to change our perspective and line it back Amen. up with God. We have to let God do the math. That's often what I say. When I start to like find the limits and the labels, I'm like, nope, God's the one that does the math. I'm going to give him that. I'm going to use that from now on. <laughs> and I just love good. just everything you're doing. So now with your podcast, you started that a while ago. Yes, five wow. years. <laughs> five years ago. And it's literally the thing of, okay, yeah, sure, I'll do. And then somebody will come in my path. I'm like, hey, I think I need to interview you. And I'll interview somebody. You know, I interviewed the ladies from The Chosen. Mm. Um, and that was oh, just did you? extreme happenstance. Wow. Yes. So like season two or three of my podcast mm-hmm. was okay. season one of their show. And I just messaged um, Elizabeth Tabish, who plays Mary Magdalene. She only had like 1,200 followers on Instagram. And I was like, hey, I don't know if you're up to it or if you even care, but I would love to interview you. She was like, yes, thank you so much for inviting. I can't believe this is my first podcast. That is so awesome. And so I got to talk to her and it just took off. Like people were messaging me and I'm like, okay, sure. Why not? Because I know everybody has a story to tell and it just, and I think that's what made it more palatable to people because I was interviewing friends and family. It wasn't just me talking. (laughs) It was other people's experiences. That's why we love Instagram. That's why we love social media because we get to look into other people's lives and see how they see life. And it makes it so much more no, interesting, and I, I, I think. I love that. Right there, you let God do the math. Because I feel like sometimes in those moments, we like, you know, I mean, you get the prompt. And I don't know. This is my experience once again. And all the questions can come in like, well, they might not respond. But it's like, it doesn't matter. If God calls you to do mm-hmm. something and send that or ask that person onto the podcast, even if they don't respond, yes. like, we have to be faithful in all the prompts. Living and learning over yes. here with that stuff. And I love that. Yes, That's awesome. for sure. I have not seen those episodes of yours. I'm going to have to take a look on that. They're great. So I had Elizabeth Tabish, and then I've had Laura Silva, who plays Eden, Peter's wife. I've had her on twice, and uh, we've become really good friends. She's lovely, precious. And this is one thing I've learned, um, just like a side note, that most of the cast of The Chosen aren't believers. They're coming into believing because um, uh, Jonathan Rumi, who plays Jesus, is a devout Catholic. And so he pours his heart. He loves Jesus. He loves, he believes in the message, which is wonderful, which you kind of should if you're going to play Jesus. Elizabeth Tabish is a, is a Christian, and Laura Silva is a Christian. Abe, who plays Big James, is a Christian. Um, but they're in different levels of Christianity. So some people might go to their Instagram page and go, oh, I don't think they are. They don't look. I was like, no, they're all on different journeys. 
every single one of them, but God has called them. So it's been really interesting to see their perspective in life. And everybody that I interview, it's, it's been interesting to see their perspective in life and how God has brought them to certain points and how our paths have crossed. And I'm like, how perfect and timed this is for God to do that is just it's just really cool. I've, I've been blown away how God opens doors in podcast world. Well, that it's makes me weird. really excited. And I love the fact that they're so real and having those conversations. I think that that sometimes people can label what, what it means to, or feel, you know what, even before starting this, I felt like I needed to have certain things figured out before you go on to the next thing. But when, but God doesn't work that way. He's like, you know, you've been writing this stuff for 10 years. What do you think you need to figure out if I tell you to go? Just like the, you know, if they're called to be on the show. It doesn't matter where we are compared. It doesn't, we don't need to compare our faith walks with somebody else. And mm-hmm. I think that that's where people get stuck. I know I have in the past and, you know, it's this whole, our faith walk is different than anyone else. And I just, so I yes. love that, that the, they're openly talking about yeah. that too. Yes, yes. It's It's been really awesome to see their journey and to see them develop into these just amazing people where before, like Elizabeth Tabish, she was just very, she did a couple commercials and she was just very unknown. But now she's just blossomed into this, just this role model and this figure of this, of all women in the Bible, the one who was a prostitute and demon possessed, or that's how they portray her in yeah. the chosen and have this amazing platform now to spread the gospel. I don't think she'd ever thought in a million years that that's how God would use her to spread the gospel. Um, And that's where we can't limit our own selves. Like you don't know how God is going to use one platform to the next. We just have to trust him that he, like you said, like God do the math. You know, I love that. I'm seriously going to use that forever. I'll coin you. I was like, so Jen says, let God do the math. Um, So, um, but you have to, you have to allow God to work. We can't keep being these toddlers who try to grab the spoon from mom and saying, let me do it. Let me do it. You know, cause we're just going to make a mess of things. We're just and God's like, okay, now I have to clean the whole entire countertop and the floor and the ceiling and my clothes. Okay. But you're going to let me have it now and, and learn from you. Know, yes, sir. Yes. I'm going to learn. I'll learn. And we have to just allow him to and be you know, God. Sometimes when you just said that, once again, I got the chills and I, I, it's, I find that the cycles if you find yourself in a cycle or often when I find myself like, why does this keep happening? It is that very reason for me. It's like, yes. okay, well, I need to make a change or I need to take a step, you know, and not just stay here. I'm learning every day, every single day. And I, I told God, you know, for myself a long time ago, I know it was in my 20s. And I said, Lord, just keep me teachable. Mm. Just keep me teachable so that I never puff myself up with pride thinking that this is me or that I want the spotlight or that I need the glory or I need the adoration. I don't ever want that. I don't ever want to get there. My saying, my own personal saying, because I have to say this to my boys, because I have giant children. My oldest son is 6'8", and my my 18-year-old is 6'6". And so they're big old bar- barrel-chested boys. And and I would always tell them, like, I will sweep your leg, you know, like Karate Kid. I'm like, I will sweep your leg before I allow you. Like, I will just take it out and get you down to a level where I can look at you. And I would ask the Lord, I was like, Lord, if I ever puff myself up too haughty, if I ever get to where I'm wanting the look. I want people to look at me, sweep my leg, just take me out. I give you what people are like, how can you pray that? I was like, I would rather completely be taken out of the game 
than cause someone to stumble because they saw a false Mm. God through my actions. Do not let me be that person that caused people to have a bad taste in their mouth towards Jesus and the gospel. Don't just take, I'm literally, I said, if you literally have to physically actually take me out of the game from this plane of existence, take me out. If that means that my children will be saved from my pride and my arrogance, thinking that I'm the one that needs to be praised then, but always keep me teachable, Lord. No, keep I love me that. teachable. My personal no, stance awesome. forever. I haven't prayed it like that. I've prayed, you know, before I share anything or I'm always like, God, if, if this is not meant to, if this is, if I'm off here, please let me know. Please surround me with, um, like other people who will reach out to me and tell me like, this is off. Like I never want to guide someone the wrong way. And if I do, I will, you know, I, I do believe in transparency or even before an opportunity. I think I shared on social media. Like I have, I had an opportunity before me and right before I was going to take it, we, I did praying with my husband. I fasted and I was like, you know, what? I think this is right. Something was a little off, but I was like, I, there was all these things and I should have known a couple of the warning signs, but and I prayed, if it's not for me, close the door. And it closed. It literally slammed in my face. And I remember going to my life group, like, I feel a little like, you know, and they're like, well, you prayed for it. And I was like, I did. And, that, and you know what is even if we feel the feelings of whatever we feel, when it's not from God, we don't want to walk in something that's not for him or what he has for us. And so I've been very blessed by this whole conversation. I just, um, thank you. I'm so glad. I'm so honored that you came on here. And um Thank you, you I, I asked a few people for advice and your advice is what I, one of the ones I just kept and I kept thinking, just do it. If God calls you to do it, you just got to do it. You just got to get it out there. I remember you had left a lot of messages and right at the end you said, but the one thing I'm going to tell you is just do it. No. And um, I think that that is, we have to let God do the math and he's limitless. We put limitations in this world all the time and labels and we just not, need to not live in that. I just thank you for coming on here. I know that you mentioned before, but if anyone wants to find those podcasts, because I'm definitely going to be listening to that, where can they find you and where can they listen? Yes. So I'm on every podcast platform and go to season two, three, go back a couple of years. Actually, uh, the recent one, Laura, I interviewed Laura right before uh, this season of Cho- The Chosen. So last year I interviewed Laura. And um, so you can actually find her newest one last year so um but yes any streaming platform giving hope wonder podcast and thank you do you you want to close this out in prayer yes i would love to thank you so much lord we just uh lift this time up to you we thank you father god you are so good you are so holy and we are always in awe of you and your goodness and your appointed times thank you for this friendship thank you for this podcast Lord, I just thank you for Jen and the anointing and the call that you have on her life, Lord God. Thank you for blessing her and everything that she sets her hands to will prosper. Lord, I just pray for every single person that tunes in and just listens to this message and joins this um, amazing family that she's going to create through this podcast, that they will be blessed and they will go and, and spread the word of God's love through this message and, and will just find their place in the tribe of women that want to spread the love of Jesus and be able to connect with each other. Lord, I just thank you that during this time that we have angels encamped all around us, 
that no weapon formed against us will prosper. No plague will come near our dwelling. Lord, bless us as we go in and as we come out. We thank you, Father God, for all these things. Thank you for just new friendships and continued growth in both of our lives and in our families' lives. Thank you for our, our spouses and our children, Father God. Just put your hand upon them, Father God. Guide them, lead them, speak to them, and bless them. We thank you for all these things. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Art of a Messy House podcast. And thank you even more for being here. Be sure to visit theartofamessyhouse.com to join the conversation, subscribe there for weekly devotionals, and discover some fantastic bonus resources as well. And while that's all for this episode, I hope that you'll follow along and always remember, most importantly, that you are loved, you are seen, and you are known. So until next time, God bless.